Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Order up. Psychedelic warrior Dave Cole, and I think, no, I know you should listen to the Squared Circle Cafe. And I hope you are listening to the Squared Circle Cafe on this very hot evening. Too hot for my taste, if you ask me. I am your host, Miss Daria, here with you once again on another fun edition of the Squared Circle Cafe. And along with me, of course, is one of my very great co hosts. Here she is. Here's Beth, everybody. Hey, everybody. All right. Well, while we wait for JC and Jeremy to get on, why don't you talk about what you did last weekend? Well, last weekend, one of the companies that I work for here in Rhode Island, the RWA, Renegade Wrestling Alliance, had our biggest show of the year. So big, in fact, that it actually went two days. We had 21 matches, and it was our show legacy. Um, The show was fantastic. I actually was in charge of running the door and doing the snack bar. Between both days, I I cooked a total of 10 cans of brownies, and we sold out both days. So at least I'm doing something right with that. We had had a lot of your RWA regulars there. We also had a few guests from other other, um, areas that came. Um, We saw action featuring the Beach Bums. We had... On day one, we had Danger Kid and Aiden Agro from the Maine State Posse in action against the Middlesex Express in a three-way dance. It was them, um, the Middlesex Express, and I can't remember at the moment who the other team was. I am so sorry. Oh, wait, it was Lift and Bang because it was Sully Banger and Theodore Liftington. And then um, the third member of the Maine State Posse, Alexander Lee, had actually faced Kellen, Riot Kellen Thomas for the RWA Hype Championship. The second day of Legacy saw all three members of the Main State Posse involved in a triple threat in a I'm sorry in a six-person tag match that was fantastic with the Main State Posse picking up the win. 
We also had on the first day, we had a eight-man tag match featuring Team Phoenix, which had Big Daddy T, T Phoenix, um, Diddy Abruzzi. Oh, my goodness, who the heck were the other two that were involved with them? I, at the moment, it's escaping me, but they were against the members of the foundation who actually cared to show up. We had uh, Cipriano Abruzzi, Vinny's brother. That yes, they were on different sides. We also had Chris Sterling, Alex Corbis, and yet again, it's escaping me. Oh, AJ Phoenix was with them as well because uh, Jimmy Hansen was absent. They were trying to contact him all week before the show, and being that he refused to reply to emails or phone calls, um, Cipriano Abruzzi took over for the foundation and made the decision uh, that he, along with T. Phoenix, decided that they were going to go four-on-four with the foundation versus Team Phoenix to settle the um, squabble between them once and for all. We also saw on Sunday, we saw former best friends and now bitter rivals Tom Billington and Dick Lane take place, take part in a tag match with Tom Billington, tagged with Chris Dozer, and Dick Lane's partner was the returning Chris Pyro, who we have not seen in RW in quite some time. The match ended with Pyro and Lane getting the win, and Lane gave Tom Billington a bit of a makeover. He no longer has any hair. And considering you were there to witness it, you can you can say just how much fun that was to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or in this case, snippity snip, snippity but snip. All in all, it was a it was a fantastic two day event. Our Saturday night show featured eleven matches, and then the show that started Sunday afternoon at four p.m. had the other ten matches for the card. We did not have any title change hands. But we did see a fantastic match for the Triple Crown Championship between Chris Cruz and David Baker as our final main event for Legacy, which was absolutely incredible. Yes, I know. I I know you're cringing because you're thinking about the final match, at least for now, for Mike Grassa when he faced the all-around athlete Nick Marchand. Things did get a bit extreme in that match, and I know that is not your forte, but it was an incredible match. Um, <laughs> for the time being, while he is gone, Mike Grasso will be greatly missed. Um, if you've been listening to the show for quite some time, then you would remember that we did have Mike Grasso as a guest here because they actually allowed him special privileges in Butler Hospital to use the phone and call us for an interview, which was fantastic. Um, uh, he, he is, in his own right, a bit of an artist, and he has actually been afforded a fantastic opportunity that he is pursuing where he is going to be a tattoo artist. So, Mike, we wish you the best luck in the new venture, but we do hope to see you back in the ring sooner rather than later. But we know it's just goodbye for now because this is the wrestling business. And unless you're Shawn Michaels, nobody ever really retires and means it. So with that being said, 
I will now play this for the last time in honor of Mike Grassa, because after tonight, I am retiring it. Hey, this is the Mighty Racer, Mike Grassa, and you're listening to the Square Circle Cafe. And as you were going through our legacy results, we were joined by one, Jeremy. Hey, Jerry. Jeremy? Jeremy? You? (laughs) Jeremy! Apparently, Jeremy is having technical difficulties at the moment. We hope he will call back soon. Oh, we know he will. Well, in the meantime, okay, here we go. And here he is. From the OKC. Welcome back, Jeremy. What's new in the OK? Apparently, he's really having technical difficulties. Uh, let me try something here. Hold on. There we go. There we go. Okay. You there? Okay, no. All right. Yes, right. now we can hear you. Freaking headphones. Oh, your headphones. Okay. Yeah, for some reason my microphone's not working. Uh, But, yeah, I was getting ready to say it's hot. It's about, Too hot, uh, if you ask me. Well, it's about, uh, I mean, the heat index every day has been about 95 to 100 at least. Oh. Yeah, and stupid me, I was out in it for about three hours today, about two hours longer than I should have been. Did you stay hydrated at least? Not till I got home, unfortunately. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I won't be surprised if you decide to take it easy, you know, if some point during the show you want to get off, all right? All right, yeah, I'm I'm probably I'm not gonna uh but I'm not gonna do that for a while. I got a bottle of water sitting in front of me actually, so swig of water for the working right. men and women. There he is. We we've got ours, we'll drink that. We'll drink to that. We actually had a heck of a thunderstorm earlier this afternoon and let me tell you, while it was raining, it cooled down things immensely. Unfortunately, a couple hours later the humidity was right back up there. I can believe that. I can All absolutely right, so. believe that. All right, so let's get into it, shall we? We found out that we were supposed to have a multi-man match at Extreme Rules to determine Brock Lesnar's number one contender. Well, apparently, Paul Heyman went on a long tangent on his Facebook page talking about how none of the guys were worthy of Brock Lesnar's return. So we come to find out that the match, it, it ain't happening. Which, of course, pissed off two of the participants, which is Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns. But here's the thing, though. Are fans now starting to realize that Brock Lesnar... Pretty much 
is not going to be coming back. I mean, like, we know he has to eventually come back to defend the Universal title, but are fans now starting to realize that Brock Lesnar just ain't worth it anymore? But does he really? I mean, come on now. It's been three months since the last time he defended the title. What happened to if you couldn't defend the title every 30 or 90 days, whichever the hell it is, you, you weren't allowed to have the title anymore. It's been three months since the last time he, re- he defended it. The last time we saw him defend it was WrestleMania. Naomi was injured. Naomi lost it long enough for someone else to have it for Mania and then get it right back in WrestleMania because hold she on. was out like a week longer than time. How is this fair? He actually defended it at Greatest Royal Rumble, remember? Greatest Royal Rumble, wasn't that... Was that wasn't that before? Oh no, that was after it. I forgot. I forgot about Greatest Royal Rumble because I'm sorry. The sad thing is, and this is this is absolutely awful. The only thing about the Greatest Royal Rumble that still sticks in my mind is Titus. I'm sorry, but the slide around the world that is the, that is to me the most memorable thing from that pay per view. Well, then, oh, that's that. Originally, Brock funny. was supposed to win, but the referees goofed up. And I mean, Brock wasn't supposed to win, but the referee goofed up and called Brock the winner when really it was supposed to be Roman who won. So that was a mistake. But yeah, she doesn't bring up a good point because Brock Lesnar hasn't been seen since then. And now we have Braun Strowman, our current Money in the Bank winner. He's the monster in the bank. The monster in the bank, and so now the question is, what's going to happen to Braun Strowman if Brock Lesnar just doesn't show up? I mean, there's a meme floating around with that guy doing the thinking face that says you can't lose your title if you're not around to defend it. Did you see the one that I shared the other day? A picture of the Universal title just to remind everybody what it looks like? Mm-hmm. And then most recently on SmackDown, somebody, the guy had a sign that said, I'm here more often than Brock Lesnar is. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Damn misery is, he, pro- he probably is. Exactly. So, is WWE finally, is, I mean, do you think it's finally, now that the fans are beginning to realize just how little they see Brock Lesnar Will WWE finally realize that maybe it's time, oh, I don't know, take the title off of him? Not till SummerSlam at least. All right, well, now let's look at the two options we have. Originally, it was supposed to be a multi-man match. It was supposed to be like Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, and the winner of that scramble or whatever it was supposed to have been was supposed to be the number one contender. Well, now, as it turns out, more than likely, we're just going to have Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. And one of them will be the winner to face Brock Lesnar. Now, here's the question, though. Out of both of those guys, we got a yawn from this one, but out of both of those guys, who do you see as the more likely candidate? Now, come on. Really? Fucking really? You're going to ask yep. this question knowing full well that the answer is always going to be Roman Reigns because Vince McMahon has a raging hard-on for that guy. 
personally, no offense, it's nothing about Vince McMahon having a raging heart on for Roman, in my opinion. In my opinion, as a fan, no offense, I'd rather see Roman get the shot at, a shot at it than Bobby Lashley because I detest Bobby Lashley. The man does nothing for me. He has the charisma of a soaking wet paper bag that's been torn to shreds. Tell us how you really feel. I did. You weren't impressed. You weren't impressed with him in, in uh, Impact Wrestling. I despised him in Impact Wrestling. I mean, and the thing is, she, she can tell you because we were together. I met him when he was in WWE. Gladys and I met him when he was in WWE the first time. We met him after the Armageddon pay per view in 2005. Right, we did. Because we had we had gone to the pay per view and then we walked we walked away from the venue and went a little bit of ways to the Providence Biltmore to get a cab because we felt we would have better luck getting a cab there than them trying to get into the dumps because, you know, this was 13 years ago, so it was the pre-Uber days, and we actually ended up meeting him. We met Jillian Hall. We also met the boogeyman. Was that his makeup? Yes. But he had his hat low enough so that way you couldn't see his face. But, yeah, I do remember him. He seemed like a nice guy, but there was something wooden about him. He's just too soft-spoken to be taken as a credible threat, as a badass, with the way he talks. I'm sorry, but in my opinion, if anybody needs an advocate to speak for them, because I don't feel they have the skills to do it themselves, other than Brock Lesnar, it's Bobby Lashley. Now, as much as Bobby Lashley would be a nice candidate, y'all, Jeremy's right. Out of that matchup, chances are Roman Reigns is going to be the one winning it. My only problem is is the fact that as much as I love and respect Roman Reigns for doing what he does every night, and yet the fans booing him mercilessly, is the fact that he's already lost to Brock Lesnar one, two, three, four, five times already. And now SummerSlam is going to be like the one that. time he wins it? What happened I'm to the other one, on two, three, four, five times on that? What about the fact that... What about the fact that Strowman decisively beat the crap out of Roman every time it's been Strowman, Strowman book versus Lesnar for a pay-per-view, every time leading up to the pay-per-view week after week, Strowman has tossed Lesnar around like a freaking rag doll, and yet they want us to believe that when it comes to the pay-per-view in the match, all it takes is one F5 to put Strowman down. I'm sorry, but think of the monster you've built. Think of the threat that you've made him look to be. It is not believable at all that one F5 is going to take him down after the, after the things that we've seen him dish out, not only to Brock Lesnar, but to... Others on the roster as well. I mean, look at all the stuff he did to Roman when he had his feud with Roman. Look what he just did to Kevin Owens on Monday night. Go on, dude. Question is, though, is Brock Lesnar going to stick around long enough for Braun Strowman to actually cash in? Because it seems like that's the only legit way this is going to happen. And as Jeremy says, if it happens, I booked it. But this is pretty much how I'm seeing it. Roman... Roman goes over on Bobby. Roman heads to SummerSlam. Roman wins. Braun cashes. 
That way we get rid of Brock Lesnar, but we have a new champion, and it's not Roman Reigns. As much as I love Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman is long overdue for a world title run. And I think this universal title is perfect for him. The guy's got to think of, if Vince McMahon has to think about big guys, how come Braun Strowman isn't up there in hierarchy as far as, like, Roman and Bobby go? Well, it's because he exactly. he looks I mean, like a he looks more hillbillyish than Roman or Bobby. But he's over with the fans. Roman isn't. Doesn't matter to Vince. You gotta remember Vince McMahon for a while on Two Hundred Five Live had the guys re- relying more on their characters in the actual matches. That is true, and since Triple H has taken over Two Hundred Five Live, Two Hundred Five Live has improved immensely. Yeah, I'm not agree- I'm not disagreeing on 205 Live, but my point is, you know, it's all about to the uh, to the top guys, and I'm sorry, but it shouldn't be. And then why build Braun the way they have if they're just gonna continually not pull the trigger? I mean, come on, you had everybody else in the Money in the Bank match. Teaming up against, teaming up together in a match that is every man for themselves. You had them all teaming up to try to take him out. That is how big of a threat they built him to be. I don't know. It's just yeah, one of those things where. But I don't know. It is, like I, I said, I don't... it is. Go ahead. I mean, like I said, maybe it's. Maybe the reason that they continually build Strowman up just to tear him back down is to get the fans to give up and switch. But they're not going to. Because the only other options we have out there are, let's see. One thing, Finn Balor has yet to get his universal title shot back. Yep. Kevin Owens, he's due for one as well. Seth Rollins, he's in the Intercontinental title picture at this point, but he's due for a universal title run. Yep. So it's like, unfortunately, those guys are off doing their own thing. Finn Balor's got to deal with Constable Corbin. Don't he's having that story issue. on that shit. Oh, God. The Constable? Authority figures in general, way, way overdone. Yeah, I think you. Well, that was one of your um, musings. Yep, fact and that, it's still a problem all this time later. I know. I have to admit, okay, what was your guys' opinions when, because I think we didn't have a show that time, but what was your opinion when you heard about Baron Corbin becoming the constable? I was like, oh, great, here we go again. Another fucking authority, heel authority figure. Yeah, he's supposed to be the mouthpiece for Stephanie McMahon since she can't be on every single week. That's my another part of it that's overplayed. That my opinion, considering the way they were built, they, they were making it seem like that it was going to be if a Raw superstar didn't win the Money in the Bank matches, that Kurt was going to be gone, my my opinion was, yes, finally, we're going to be rid of Angle. But no, Raw superstars had to win both Money in the Bank matches. 
So we're still stuck with Tweedledum. Mm. All right, so you're not a fan of Kurt Angle. I hate yet. Kurt Angle. I've always hated him, though. You yeah, know that, that is true. Oh, it's true. It's true. But what what has been your – but you have to admit, Paige has actually been doing a pretty damn good job on SmackDown. I think Paige is doing a fantastic job as GM. And you I mean, know what? Really I got think SmackDown's all the better for it. But at the same time, it makes me wonder. SmackDown, the way they're doing SmackDown with no McMahon interference or or with Shane McMahon hardly being there at all, that's the way that all of WWE should be run. That's my opinion, but got to have Stephanie in there. Fuck. Yeah, that is true. Contrary to popular belief, she still is a huge part of Raw, especially when... Constable Corbin has to have the ring announcer remind everyone that he is Stephanie McMahon's hand-chosen commissioner. More like a hand-job-chosen commissioner, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me you did not just say that. Oh, she did. She went there. Welcome to the X-rated edition of the show. Holy fuck! There's a nice I don't know. It's just, uh, it just seems to be like Raw really needs to do something about their Universal Title picture because it's starting to become obvious, especially amongst the fans, that Brock Lesnar, he's really, I mean, he's really just there to defend the title, and that's it. But, I mean, if he's not going to be there all the time, why bother having a world title? If anything, at this point, let him keep the world title. How about we just bring a brand new title on the Raw? He wants the Universal Championship that bad, he can keep it. One that doesn't look like a fruit roll-up, please? Pretty much. (laughs) I'll, I'll go for that. And Braun Strowman has a Money in the Bank contract, so why not just trade it in and get a title belt? I'm something different for a change. Right. Then everybody wins. Brock Lesnar's gone, and we get a new world champion. Well, that's actually there to defend the belt every week. I mean, I know the, the same argument can be put with the fact that back in the day, you know, you didn't see your world champion every single week. That's fine. But at least you saw them every couple of weeks. You don't even see this guy even in a vignette. for the fucking pay-per-views. Yeah, but you don't even see Brock Lesnar for a vignette or anything like that. And even so, he doesn't pop up. Paul Heyman has to say something. So, I don't know. I mean, truth be told, you know how I feel about Brock Lesnar. The guy could take a short walk off a... Take a long walk off short pier over a cliff into a volcano. All right? <laughs> that is me. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> See? I would tell you how you really, how we really feel, but we only have about another 90 minutes on the show. Anyway. Yeah, don't, don't open that can of worms. Do not get her started. All right. She's not have, been a fan um, for a long time, especially ever since. Yeah, we don't talk about that. 
Anyway, but um, actually, I want to switch things over a little bit because um, even you all right? I don't know what the fuck happened there. That your headphones again? Yep. I tried a different pair. All right, no problem. You good now? Uh, yeah, yeah. See, and so far I've been behaving myself. I haven't been one with the stream of obscenity coming from my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I want to switch things over a little bit. Um, I was kind of hoping Daisy would join us for this one, but um, um, she must be busy. So, um, plus, this might be rough for her to talk about anyway, but um, last weekend, unfortunately... Uh, Matt Capitelli, the gentleman who won Tough Enough season Tough Enough season three, along with John, who went on to become John Morrison, uh, unfortunately lost his battle with cancer and succumbed to it last weekend. And you know he was only he's very young; he was only 38 years old. But as many of you know the story, he won Tough Enough. He won Tough Enough had a good career going in OVW before he was diagnosed with a brain tumor, which ended his career abruptly. But he continued to train at OVW and become a trainer for some of the people who came in, used his um, illness to become a motivational speaker. Then he was cancer-free for a while, only for it to return back, I believe, in 2015. And it was very aggressive, and it was on his brain stem. It would have been too risky for surgery. So he continued on with his chemotherapy treatments, but as of earlier this year, he stopped treatments and decided to let nature take his course. And unfortunately, as his wife put it, he went walking with Jesus. So we want to send our deepest condolences to the Capitelli family. Um, we know this is a very difficult time right now, and JC especially. I know she was. This was very hurtful for her because she got to talk with him on his web board back in the day when we had web boards. So she got to know him, and she followed his career when he was in OVW. So she got to see the man who could have been, and she said that he had a really good feud there with. Um, one of the guys who would go on to join the Spirit Squad. <laughs> it's one of those few that would never televise, but it was still awesome at the time. And um, this is really rough on her, too. So we want to send our condolences to JC because I know she's taking this pretty hard. So, JC, we love you. We miss you. And um, we want to let you know that we're thinking of you. And we know Matt would have appreciated you as being a fan of his. So, like I said, once again, we're sending our condolences to the Capitelli family, Matt. And rumor has it that Matt might be lined up to be the 2019 Warrior Award recipient at the next Hall of Fame. Which I think he's well-deserving of it. Agreed. You know what? If that becomes... If that becomes fact, we need to send JC. Definitely. All right, I think it'd be really sweet. So blessings to them, 
and blessings to the Capitelli family. So, but on to other bad news that has happened over the past week. Did any of you hear what happened to Bray Wyatt? Yeah, he was in a car accident. Yes, he was. Well, more details are coming out. According to TMZ, it may have been Wyatt who caused the accident. Distracted driving is a problem, folks. Yep. The police crash report obtained by TMZ states that Wyatt was not paying attention when he crashed to the car in front of him, causing the driver to veer off to the left and hit another vehicle. It's being stated as careless driving due to his failure to operate his vehicle in a careful and prudent manner. Now, unfortunately, this accident caused Bray Wyatt to be injured, so that's why he was not on TV this past Monday night, and he was not doing house shows this past weekend. But now there's a question mark in the air as to whether or not Bray will be around for Extreme Rules, to defend the tag team titles against the B team. What I've heard reported elsewhere is that this injury was not serious enough that it's going to keep him off of extreme rules. I mean, he's he's been advertised for, I think, this weekend's go-around, so... He should All be... Right, well, he should be back. All right, well, that's good because, I'm sorry, this feud between Bray, Matt, and the B-team, it's getting hilariously ridiculous, especially with the B-team's impersonations that we've been seeing. Like, I don't know, like, I, I, uh, I just look at the TV and I'm just like, stop that, stop it. Stop that right now. Stop it. Whenever I see those two pop up. Like Curtis Axel, he's trying. He's almost got it down. Well, let's face it. It is his brother. Bo Dallas can do Bray Wyatt to a T like that. Yeah. And even though he's wearing a fake wig, it looks eerily so much like his brother. And you can tell Bray... In the ring, he's trying not to laugh. Like, he's like, you know, you know that face you get when you're trying not to laugh? You look real quick. Bray's got that expression on his face as he watches his brother imitate him. I know they say imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery, but these two are ridiculous. (laughs) Beyond ridiculous, but, if you ask me. <laughs> but do they pose a credible threat to Bray and Matt? Nope. You don't think so? Nope. I sure don't. How about you, Beth? In my opinion, it's just nice to see them being used as something other than someone's freaking lackeys, where they're basically a joke. You know what I mean? They do have they do have a nice string of victories under their belts now and stuff. Do you think they have a chance of becoming tag team champions? <laughs> You've got to be joking. I take that as a no. <laughs> Pretty much. 
<laughs> yeah, I gotta admit, as much as the B team are making it as a tag team, this, you know, oh, you can only impersonate so much before it finally gets a little ridiculous. So, I think in Extreme Rules, they, they'll have the match, and I doubt they'll win it, because I think someone like the Revival should be next to threaten for the titles, or AOP. Well, if you have to come thank back. Thank you. Yeah. They, 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 the Revival have been wasted, and criminally so, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't get why someone decided to give up on the tag team division because it's like you've got a lot of great tag teams going on right now that you can't focus a lot of storyline on. It's like someone all of a sudden went, oh, wait a minute, we got AOP Insanity here. Um, We need to do something with them. And um, then they bring AOP back to take out a couple of enhancement talents. And now it looks like they're probably going to have a run for their money with Titus Worldwide. But what they need to do is they need to bring it a step it up and start making them credible threats for the tag team championship. Not going to find any disagreement for me. Well, it's either going to be AOP or the Revival. Because what other tag team is there on Raw other than the B team? That's just it. There's not Did you one. forget he's Slater and Rhino? Are Brizango, are Brizango not on Raw now as well? Yeah, they are. That's another good point. Where have they been? Well, yeah. Other than doing CarMax commercials. And that's... that's And that that's sad in and of itself that I completely forgot about those guys. Yeah, that's why WWE needs to wake up and realize that tag team division is suffering and they need to step it up. I mean, let's step over to Raw uh, SmackDown for a second. Where's the bar? Where's the bar, please? Invisible. Okay, and how long did it take for Sanity to finally debut? About two weeks ago. And when were they called up? Right after WrestleMania. Right. So they come in. They come on SmackDown. First thing you do is they attack the Usos. Then a week later, they have a six-man tag team: the Usos and Jeff. Well, actually, they have Eric Young challenge Jeff Hardy for the United States Championship. Then Usos decide that's the moment they don't want to take out Sanity. So instead, we wind up having a six-man tag in which Usos and Jeff Hardy win. And then this past Tuesday, New Day is supposed to be having a pancake-eating contest. That's when Sandy decides to drop in and take them out. They're sending a message to the tag team division. It does seem kind of, but it does seem kind of strange how they send a message to the tag team division when they technically didn't have a match. They just took out the Usos. And then a week later, lose to the same team. And now they're going to go after New Day? Uh, good point. You can't really send a message if you lose. And then you got the Bludgeon Brothers as the tag team champions. 
Who are they facing to defend the titles against? Hell no, right? Yes. Okay. Why was Hell No brought back? Tex Daniel. Okay. Why did the Bludgeon Brothers decide to attack Daniel Bryan? Well, they had to pivot off of uh, Big Cass because they fired Big Cass. Okay. Because I'm trying to piece this all together as to why they go from threatening tag teams to all of a sudden threatening Daniel Bryan just to bring Kane back to get Team Hell No back. See what I'm saying? To have, if anything's going to happen, to have it happen to Kane, not Daniel, because Daniel has to get checked after every match now. So, in other, in other words, not storyline to protect Daniel, real life to protect Daniel. Well, after the reports I've been reading, we're not going to have to worry about Daniel Bryan much longer. Rumor has it. His contract Daniel is up needed. in September. The same day as All In. September 1st will be Daniel Bryan's final contracted day. Yeah, well, he can't appear on All In. Unfortunately, there's their lovely little no-compete clause. Unless Daniel Bryan renegotiates something in his contract. Speaking of of no-compete clauses and no-compete clauses being up, um... I'm really, really annoyed that I missed last night because they, I mean, they actually picked Impact off with it. Impact started off last night with Rich Swan versus Ray Phoenix. Right. Oh, yeah, Rich Swan signed with Impact a couple weeks ago. Yes, but Rich Swan versus Ray Phoenix. That is a match I need to see. You oh, absolutely yeah. need to see it. It was an awesome match. Oh, really? Tell us about it. I was I was watching it and I I mean these guys are they've got it they 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 just click and um you know I I don't think that's the last we're gonna see of them uh, together um but uh, yeah go out of your way to see it I'm not gonna spoil it for you but yeah you need to go out of your way to see it. You know, it's funny you bring up Impact because as much as I don't really watch the show, there is one storyline I have been following for a while now, and that is, of course, the Ballad of LAX. And for those they of paid you that who, off big time. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't watch Impact because you can't or you choose not to, uh, <laughs> um, LAX, of course, as at this point, LAX was before when they re-debuted last year. It was Conan, uh, Santana Ortiz, formerly known as EYFBO, and Diamante, and Homicide. Now, earlier, now, but I think last month or the month before, they got jumped. And Conan got sent to the hospital, and then he had to go into hiding. Homicide went with him, and that left only 
Santana and Ortiz. Eddie Kingston shows up, the king, and decides he's going to help them reclaim their gold. Diamante comes back from injury, and she's already suspicious of King. She knows something's up. She's like, why is he here? So LAX gets their tag team titles back. And then last week, Conan starts hinting that he's not trusting Kingston. Comes to find out this week, he had proof that there was something fishy with Kingston. And as it turns out, Kingston admitted he was the one that put the hit out on Conan. So he could take over LAX. Santana and Ortiz, upon hearing this, realized what they, what's been going down, what they've been used. Flip off Kingston and side with Conan, the man who brought them into TNA and made them a success. But King said he always had a backup plan. All of a sudden, here comes the two original, the OGs, as you will, of LAX, Homicide and Hernandez. Homicide I'm surprised about because, it's like, like I said, Conan is his homeboy there. Both of them start taking out King Conan, Santana, and Ortiz. And Kingston said that this is the real LAX. When you so, come I mean, at the like King, said, you best not miss. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I've been following this, and it's like, oh, my God. And, of course, my loyalties lie in the new LAX because of Santana Ortiz. Even though I've met the original LAX, too. I've met Homicide, I've met Hernandez, I haven't met Conan yet. But I met Hamasay Hernandez. But of course, Beth and I both know Santana Ortiz from the Independent Days. Oh, I know. They were beyond, yeah. Yes, as part of Team Pazuzu. Now, Jeremy, you've been following. You've obviously been watching Impact, and you follow this storyline. I mean, what are you thinking of it? Weren't you suspicious of King? I had a feeling. I knew. I had a feeling where it was going. Um, and I didn't think her, I didn't think fucking Hernandez was coming back though, because I mean, he was persona non grata for a long time in uh, TNA slash Impact Wrestling slash GFW because of the stunt he pulled trying to appear for them and Lucha Underground, you know, at the same time. Exactly. I don't think he's even with Underground anymore. But um But of course nowadays I, I mean Phoenix. Um Phoenix appears for them. Uh Pentagon appears for them. Um I mean you got you got fucking Austin Aries doing shots with uh Ring of Honor recently. I mean I I guess I guess cooperation makes the world go around, but... You got like, Brian Cage with both of them. Do what? You've got Brian Cage with both of them. You've got John yep. Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, working with both of them. You have Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan, Jeremiah Crow in Impact. And and don't forget, and actually, 
uh, Callahan, speak of the devil, I'm watching uh, I'm watching Major League Wrestling Fusion right now uh, on BN Sports, and he's on that as well. I'm seeing him Sunday. She's going to be seeing him at yep. Wrestling Has It Tomorrow on Sunday versus one... J.T. Dunn. Which is something that's going to be interesting, and we'll talk about what in just a little bit. But I didn't I remember. What did I talk about? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, but I think I read a few months back that Lucha Underground and Impact came to, like, an agreement to, you know, kind of benefit from each other's shows now. I think more of the yep. fact that Impact needs to ride the coattails off somebody since, let's face it, they're pretty much running out of money faster than Titanic sank. Honestly, Impact has been proven a lot lately. Yeah. And you know Especially what? I'm grateful I wouldn't be shocked if we see – and, I mean, uh, I've I've talked to Court Bauer a little bit on Twitter back and forth, and he told me a few months ago or a few weeks ago that uh, MLW and uh, – Lucha under or Triple uh, uh have uh, have an agreement as well, so that's why they can call Pentagon Pentagon. Yeah, and I'm glad about that because I think you know if it was less competition and more joining together, you can get better quality matches and more bang for your buck, so to speak. I mean, it was like you said, you just got through talking about how Rich Swan faced Ray Phoenix, and you said it was and an Rich awesome Swan, match. I mean, that's, and yeah. you know what? Swan and Phoenix appear for MLW. Yeah, so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like benefit, and you said that Impact is improving. Maybe this partnership with Lucha Underground is helping them out a lot because now they've got more exposure to better talents and they can put on better quality matches. Granted, some of the storylines need a lot of work, but... Not to mention they've injected a hell of a lot of really talented young guys. Like, you've got you've got Falaba. You've got mm-hmm. my tag team partner, Dick Justice. Yep. Richard Justice, I'm sorry. They don't call him Dick. No, because they want to keep it family friendly and the last thing they want is any more Dick in their life. Womp, womp. But I'm Once again, tell me you did not just say that. <laughs> I miss those sound bites of yours. I need to start playing them more often when you're not here. The innuendo is stronger this one tonight. Exactly. He just said it. <laughs> oh, and man. she just said it too. <laughs> Do what? So I think this is benefit. I think this is really benefit, and I hope Impact keeps it up because, like I said, even though I don't watch the show, the storyline with LAX has got me extremely intrigued. Now they can improve some of the storylines with some of the other characters, then maybe they got a shot at being a credible show. You know what right. I'm saying? Yep. And hey, I'm, gonna, actually- I'm gonna tell you something right now. I know you guys. I I, I mentioned this MLW show to you previously, but. They post it on YouTube. Oh, do they? I'm going to recommend you check it out. Yeah. All right, definitely. Send us a link if you can. Yeah, I'll do that after the show. All right, well, um, the what we were referring to earlier 
is called is is actually an acronym for Wrestling Has a Tomorrow, and it's this brand new organization that just came out and it pretty much came out of nowhere. It started back in first show was in January. Was in January of this year. Right, but it was in January of this year, and they had the likes of Richard, of um, Rachel Ellering, Danny Birch, who was using his name, Martin Stone. Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. We've and seen Dashwood. Yep. We've seen we we've seen Lance Storm. We actually, when I think Storm was there, he was a referee for a Storm Academy match, which was which was Camille Dashwood versus Rachel Ellering. We also, at the end of the night, ended up seeing as part of that show, an impromptu, unexpected reunion of the Impact players. Yep, and over the past few months, they brought in quite a number of stars from Lucha, Impact, former WWE stars. In fact, the last show they had Gangrel. No, not the last show. The show before that. Oh, the last show I went to, at least. Yeah. Last show they had Suicide from Impact. Um, Ace Austin was there. Ethan pa- All Ego, Ethan Page, Sammy Callahan, um, the Mayor of Fit, A.R. Fox, Jason Dunn is there every month. We had Rachel Ellering again. Um, Jessica Havoc was Rachel Ellering's opponent this past month. And I mean, they're getting a lot of they're 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 a company that is definitely starting to take off, and they're giving people that haven't possibly got in the rub from other better-known companies in the area, they're giving them chances. Like last last month, we had participating in the scramble match, one half of a new one tag team, the closers, we had Big Bacon, Brad Hollister, and now this month, we have his he and his partner, Cameron Junis, facing Killanova Inc., which is Ken Broadway and Christian Casanova, and they're being accompanied by Trigger D.O.G., yeah, so it's quite a chance if you get a check if you get a chance to check it out. Um, their first two shows are available on YouTube. The channel is what I believe it's what wrestling. Their first two complete shows are on YouTube. The rest of their shows are actually available if you have a subscription to the High Spots Wrestling Network. Um, they are if you are in the area and you are interested in possibly going on Sunday. They started a sale on Wednesday for the Fourth of July. And they have actually continued the sale until tomorrow night at midnight. Tickets are 50% off. You go to the website, you go to order your tickets, and you put in the code, all capital letters, W-H-A-T, and the number six, and your tickets are 50% off. I, unfortunately, am kicking myself because I got my ticket the day before they went on sale and then woke up the next morning and saw that and went, well, crap. Me deciding to do something not at the last minute worked against me. (laughs) I'd be lucky. At least you're going. My bank account got frozen. I can't even think of going. (laughs) Anyway, running down the lineup here, and we got quite the lineup, we have the number six scramble. We have Austin Theory versus Steve Benya versus Brandon Watts versus Ace Romero versus Clayton Gaines versus Space Monkey. And if there's one thing I know about these scrambles, even though they already have selected names, chances are one more guy will pop up. I think believe during the last scramble was Zachary Wentz, the one I went to. Yeah. For CCW's Wired Championship. Yeah. 
we had the match she was just talking about, Killanova Inc. with Trigger the OG versus the Closers. Ethan Page will face Casey Navarro in a dog collar match. Danny Miles will face Bronson. The returning undefeated Rachel Ellering will face Alicia Edwards. Sammy Callahan will face JT Dunn. A.R. Fox with his wife, Ayla Fox, versus Matt Tremont. And in our main event, making his debut for What Wrestling, PCO versus Dan Math. So this is already quite the lineup here, and there's one thing, and like I said earlier, for the scramble, but it also happens in general. Sometimes surprises happen. Pop-up appearances, interferences, who knows? Hmm. I wonder who Rachel Ellery's husband, opponent's husband is. And I wonder who, if anyone on the card, he has had some issues with on, oh, I don't know, Perhaps a show that airs on Thursday nights on Pop. And I'm telling you right now, if he does wind up popping up, I'm going to be extremely jealous. Because you know me, I love my Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) So that's something definitely to check out. And like I said, what wrestling? I've only been to two shows, but so far I've been seriously impressed with them. And they are just so much fun. They are very interactive. You get a chance to meet the stars on the floor. They are really cool. Um, I know I've had some fun interactions with some of the stars there, and that's where I was able to get my very first Gangrel bloodbath. I was so proud of that. All over my Square Circle Cafe shirt. <laughs> also, another really cool thing about their tickets, not only the fact that they're doing the 50% off sale until tomorrow night, they've actually, starting this month for the tickets, for this show, they've actually starting started instead of going through a third-party site because they were using brown paper tickets. Instead of going through a third-party site, you actually purchase your tickets now direct from WrestlingHasItTomorrow.com, and there are actually no extra fees or surcharges for it. So you get a VIP ticket. It's a thirty-dollar ticket. You're paying thirty dollars. That's it. You get a balcony ticket, twenty-five dollars. You're paying 25 You get general admission. You're paying 20 Although until tomorrow night, you're paying 10 You're paying 12 50 or you're paying 15 And remember, if you don't get your ticket before the, before the show and you decide to purchase your ticket at the door at the show, the ticket prices do go up by $5. So if they have any VIP left, which gives you early entry and a $5 voucher toward what brand merchandise, that will be 35 your balcony ticket will be $30, and your general admission will be 25 Now, just so you know also, much like Beyond, if you purchase the VIP ticket, that is the only way you are guaranteed to have a spot to sit down during the show. So, if, yeah, if you get a chance to check it out, go to what? Go to com. You get all the information there, plus all the links to their previous shows. And like I said, we personally have checked it out. It's one of the best little shows ever to come out, and it really is worth a shot. So be sure to um, check that out. And while we're doing that, we're going to take a brief station identification. Greetings. This is Gentleman Jervis Cottonbelly, the world's sweetest man, and 
You're listening to Squared Circle Cafe on blogtalkradio.com. All right. So we've got Jeff Hardy, our United States champion, now issuing open challenges. And last week, last night, this past week, it was The Miz. Last week, it was Eric Young. But it's been officially announced that it's going to be Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura at Extreme Rules. Which, I mean, I personally think this is going to be really awesome because, I mean, I've been reading reports that, yes, apparently Nakamura was going to win the world title at some point, but they decided to end the feud early. So to kind of compensate for not winning the world title, they're going to have Nakamura go after the United States Championship, which, Beth, I'm sorry. I know how much you love Jeff. Dude, this is going to be one of those that I'm going to be like, but who do I cheer for, though? Because I've I've loved Jeff forever, and then Sassy Nakamura is life itself. So, yeah, it's one of those things where as much as I love Jeff Hardy, I think Nakamura as United States champion will be such a kick. I mean... (laughs) Not to the you-know-what. Well, not even that. Just the fact that, you know... You knew I was going to go there, didn't you? Huh? I said you had to know I was going to go there. Well, I've been going there all night, so what's the difference? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And but what I'm saying is that Nakamura Are you shaving your legs or something? No. Oh okay. No, I've got this fan sitting here. I got this hand powered or uh I got this battery powered fan sitting here and I'm messing with it but Oh, okay. The freaking blades keep coming off and that's why it sounds like a Razor. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, um, Nakamura as United States champion, I think, would be a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, you've got a guy who, when he doesn't want to be interviewed, just flat out says, sorry, no speak English. And he is just like so, and some of the stuff he says is like, so, like, re- like this past week, he said, he's like asking Jeff Hardy, why does he wear face paint? Is he a clown? Is he scared? You know, I mean, it's like, he would make a fun time as United States champion. And I know for you, Ben, it'll be, like you said, it's going to be tough because you want Jeff Hart, you love Jeff Hardy with all your heart, but Sassy Nakamura's United States champion would be a lot of fun. I mean, what says you, Jeremy? Do you think, I mean... Do you think this would be a good run for Nakamura? I I think it's overdue. Yeah, way overdue. He, he should have been swatted. Been... He should have been swatted as a secondary champion from the jump. I think it was. I mean, I think it's for the longest time. I mean, we've been wanting to see him as a champion, and we thought we would get it with him defeating AJ for the title, but unfortunately that didn't happen. I mean if it let's face it, if it wasn't for the fact that AJ was nominate was 
called for to be the twenty, the two K nineteen cover boy, Nakamura would be champion. But yeah. they decided to no, but they decided to not give it to Nakamura. So this is kind of their way of saying they're sorry. But if that's the case, then will Nakamura have a nice long title run as United States champion? Sure, hope so. Because you know he'll have the rematch against Jeff Hardy. But let's face it, I foresee Jeff Hardy's already a father, so this doesn't matter. I foresee many low blows in Jeff Hardy's future. <laughs> I mean, he's already so, taken one. Yeah, exactly. So it's only going to be a matter um, of time. As for, and I think I think you know what. If Daniel Bryan does stick around, I think you could easily do Bryan versus Nakamura, and it'd be a hell of a match. Uh, I think it would be a hell of a match, too. I mean, I think the two of them did meet off when they were in ROH, so right. yeah, a little taste of it. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a, quite the fun run there. So, I mean, fingers crossed, we'll see what happens. But but originally I was reading I was reading a report on this on Pro Wrestling Incorporated. Apparently Nakamura wasn't the WWE's first choice to challenge Jeff Hardy for the United States Championship. Hmm. I already told you best, but Jeremy, you wanna take a guess at who it was gonna be? Oh gosh! I give you a hint. Uh, the old foreigner. Oh, Rusev. Nope. No. They have every intention of having. They have every intention of having Rusev face AJ for the title. Think of okay. Think of this side of the country. Think this is this side of the world. Hmm. That leaves Canada, Mexico. You just named uh, it. Wait, I just named. You just named the country Canada? he's from. Nope. Canada. Oh, Mexico. Um. Shit, I don't know. Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, El Idolo. Hmm. In fact, this past Tuesday, oh, okay. this past Tuesday, when WWE tweeted that Jeff Hardy was going to have an open challenge, Zelina Vega retweeted it and added Cien Almas' name to the tweet, going, "Hmm." So that night, as we're watching SmackDown, I thought it was going to be Almas coming out to accept Jeff Hardy's challenge, but it turned out it was The Miz. But yeah, the original idea was for Almas to be the number one contender for the United States Championship. Wonder why he's not. I don't know. They probably have something else in mind for him. But or he's hurt. A, that, yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, what else? What do they have in mind? I mean, they bring up Andrade San Almas, and so far the only feud he's had is with Sin Cara, and now that feud's on hold because Sin Cara's out with an injury. 
So it's like you've got he's another one who's an NXT call up that's just kind of floating around. These are the only NXT call ups that have had some success on the main roster have been the women. Yep. <laughs> I mean you have Ember Moon, um Ruth, the Riot Squad, Absolution. Right. I still call them Absolution even though they're not a team anymore. And the Iconics. They seem to be the only ones who have actually had any success on Raw and SmackDown, respectively. What does that tell you? And even that, and even that, I'm sorry, but the Iconics lately, it feels like they lose about as often as they win. Yeah, I'm kind of not feeling that. Because it's like, I know they're supposed to be the mean girls, kind of like um, Flawless used to be, or yeah. Lay Cool, I should say. Um, right. But I don't know why they've been on the losing end lately. I mean, it's like they took out Charlotte, which led to Carmella winning the Women's Championship. And then it's just, ever since then, they just haven't been on a winning streak. So, I don't get it. But at least they're on TV more often than some of the men are. (laughs) Particularly Sanity, AOP, The Revival, um, (laughs) what have you, you know. Need we say more? Exactly. And speaking of men not having much luck, we got to talk about James Ellsworth. Okay, this boy makes his <laughs> this boy makes his return once again as Carmella's lap dog, and boasts the fact that you know men are the superior sex against women. Oh God, this fucking twerp! <laughs> so Paige hasn't put his money where his mouth is. And has him in a match against Asuka this past Tuesday. And, and he gets his ass kicked. Well, he got his ass kicked. But the thing is, though, is that we had no definitive winner because James Elwood decided to take off and run away with his tail between his legs. But not far behind him was Asuka. And unfortunately, when Asuka brought back to ringside. Yeah. When Oscar got back to ringside to beat him up some more, Carmella jumped her. So we never got the we never got the finish. Well, the match that was already thrown out it was a double disqualification, double countout. But Carmella interfered, and now this week, and now we find out from Paige that this coming Tuesday we're going to have the rematch between Asuka and James Ellsworth, but it's going to be a Lumberjack match. But, actually, no, it's going to be a Lumberjill match because it's going to be all the women of the SmackDown roster surrounding the ring. Now, you've got a guy who says that men are the superior sex, women are inferior, women want him in a ring 
surrounded by the women of the SmackDown roster. Three words. Beat his ass. <laughs> you could have nowhere to run, nowhere to go. So you pretty much got the lesser of two evils here. You either can stay in the ring, get your ass kicked by your Asuka, or try to run and get your ass kicked by the entire women's roster. <laughs> Plus Asuka. Yep. But here's another question. Do you think if Carmella does wind up being one of the Lumberjills, is she going to interfere? You know the answer to that is probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all but a given, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. she'll interfere. Wonder what Beth has to say about it. What do you think, Beth? Or if she's just yawning about the whole thing. <laughs> no, she's not yawning about it. She's forming an opinion. She just got her thinking face on. Well, first and foremost, Ellsworth in a ring with all of the women from the SmackDown roster on the outside. As far as the words uh, beat his ass go. I'm going to have to go with Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn on that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's the yep movement. Yep. 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 All right. Well, you have to excuse me for a few moments because I need to step away for a second. But in about five minutes, we'll be getting a phone call from my other half. The YouTube icon, Jazz Vengeance, he has some news he wants to share with us. So in the meantime, I'm going to turn the floor over to Beth for a few minutes because Beth just recently got done watching the second season of GLOW. Of course, that hit Netflix series that just came on. So I'm going to give you a chance to give your reviews about it, if you'll excuse me. I'm sure to watch for a 401 area code from where Jazz will be calling from the from the Vengeance Studios. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. So, in my opinion, season two overall was pretty good. I just, I did it. I wasn't as involved in it as I was season one. Season one just kind of drew me in a bit more than season two, but. And I'm trying to, I am doing my best. I am trying to not give spoilers. But let me tell you, the, the, end, of, the end of the season, the finale, wow. I, I got a bit emotional during it. So is this something I need to go out of my way to see? Honestly, I, honestly, I enjoyed it because... I was a fan of the original Glow. I was a fan. I was a fan of Glow back in the late '80s, early '90s, and it was something I. It was something I enjoyed. So seeing this and kind of you know getting like uh, interpretation 
of some of the backstory and some of the stuff that went on behind the scenes there and everything like that is just, it's, it's really interesting. Not to mention, I think it's really well written. I do have to say I am, I am absolutely a huge fan of the character of Ruth, who her, her gimmick in it is she is Zoya the Destroyer. I think she's fantastic. Um, not to mention, Glow has become such a pop culture thing that Funko had actually announced in March, and they just released them. They have pops of the two main characters, Debbie Egan, also known as Liberty Bell, and Ruth Wilder, who, as I just said, is known as Zoya the Destroyer. I personally want the Zoya pop very much because I, I don't want the Debbie pop at all because, honestly, I highly dislike the character. I think she's very conniving and two-faced, and I just, I don't root for her at all. You sure don't hold back on anything. I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm opinionated, and when I have my opinion, I'm making sure that I share exactly what it is. Fair enough. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go get. Uh, I'm gonna have to get on Netflix, I guess. Yes. By the way, I did get. I did get that link you sent. I, I will check that. I will check that out when I have the opportunity. I am actually. I am off tonight, but I am working the next five. The next five nights overnight. So. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely think uh, MLW is worth checking, worth checking into for sure. Cause it's really good, and I mean, Sammy Callahan's Sammy Callahan's badass on that, just as he is everywhere else. So, I love Callahan. I think he's freaking fantastic. He's definitely in my he's definitely in my opinion one of the one of the best heels going in wrestling right now. Seconded only uh, seconded second only to Champa because I think Champa as a heel is absolutely freaking brilliant. Oh yeah, Champa Champa is a heel. He makes you want to hate him in a good in the right way. Yep. I mean the whole fact that he the whole fact he doesn't have music that's part of his whole thing. He doesn't want to do anything to make the fans happy, so he doesn't have entrance music. He doesn't have merch for sale because he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do anything for the fans, which is totally something a heel would do. Yep, absolutely is. So, anyway, while we continue to wait for... All right, I'm back. I have to shoo off the paparazzi. Yes, God, God forbid. The, the, the man can't do anything without paparazzi following him. He is a legend in his own mind. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but pretty soon, like I said, Jazz Vengeance will be falling in. And has some news for us. Uh, in the meantime, I heard you guys were talking a little bit about NXT. It well, should... 
we were talking about we, well, we, we mentioned were, we were talking about wrestling and heels in general, and I was talking about how I feel right now. Champa is the number one heel going, and I honestly I feel Callahan is the number two heel go, going throughout wrestling. Well, you get it, well, I don't know if number two will be good because he might be getting up there because he just threatened the entire RH roster. <laughs> so it's one thing to threaten one guy; it's another thing to threaten an entire roster. <laughs> Ooh. But um Yeah, that's not yeah, something you want to do. <laughs> well, over to NXT real quick. Um what they did say on NXT is true. Unfortunately, only Larkin will be out of action for up to three months for a broken orbital bone where he recently had surgery for it. So uh Oni of course being one of our former guests and a friend of ours, so we wanna wish him the best and hopefully he'll heal quick. And he'll be back on TV before we know it. Once again, threatening for the Shag Team Championship from Mustache Mountain. And we'll not give away spoilers, but I would love to see Mustache Mountain defended against um, one Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Unfortunately, um, yeah, I should point out that I have yet to see the second half of the UK tournament. I've only seen the first half. But um, I haven't seen the second half yet, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not doing so. But um, have you either one of you seen it, or I haven't yet. seen any of it yet. No. You haven't seen I any haven't of it, Jeremy. It. You, guys, you haven't seen it either. Okay. I haven't. Well, I know the first half was amazing, and of course the announcement of NXT UK with British wrestling legend Johnny Saint as the general manager is brilliant onto itself. So I can't wait to see that happening and see more of uh, some of our favorite British wrestlers in it, such as Mustache Mountain, your boy Pete Dunne. Um, dude, you should see the smile that just came on her face when I said that. I mean, just, <laughs> just that look on her Look at her face. But it just makes me wonder, God forbid, if we watch the tournament and Pete, or like, what if we saw Pete losing? How would you react? I would probably end up in tears and not be okay. Would my TV still be intact? I would probably end up in tears. Okay, good. At least my TV will be intact. Anyway. No <laughs> TV. How can I watch Jeff Hardy? Right. All right, here we go. We've got a message here from Vengeance Studios. Here he is, the YouTube icon, Jazz Vengeance, everybody. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are we today? What's up? Pretty good. What's going on? How you doing, Jeremy? Sweating my you-know-what's off in Oklahoma. But other than that, I I'm bet. you got to st- stop ch- chasing uh, Kerry Von Eric, you know. Oh, will you stop that? <laughs> Just play it. Anyway, how you all I'm, doing down? I, I understand I'm, the heat. It's hot over here, too, in the Vengeance Studios, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, but then again, about. anything associated with me is hot, so there you go. Mm. <laughs> all right, Mr. Vengeance. How are all you all doing tonight? We're doing pretty good. I mean, like Jeremy says, it is very warm, so we're just trying to cool yeah. off here. But I, I understand. Think it's 
I think I understand you have a couple of announcements you wish to make. I do have some announcements to make. Isn't that exciting? Isn't it interesting how every time I have big news and something to announce, it's always on your show. Of course, oh, you know, I already did boy. the whole proposal thing, so we don't have to worry about that tonight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there will be no proposing tonight. However, I will be making a couple of announcements. One of the announcements is, uh, for those of you who may or may not know, Jazz and Sons Dream Matches, which is the show that my son and I do together, as well as Jazz and Friends, Women Warriors of Wrestling, which both you can find on YouTube, are two of the most hot, are the two hottest shows right now on YouTube. And actually, I've been getting emails from um, YouTube executives and so forth, they want us to take over Twitch next and so forth and so on. And we actually just got an international sponsor from Australia who has sent us um, some stuff so we can get a better equipment so we can do our show better. And uh, that's kind of kind of some big news with Jazz and, Fr- Jazz and Sons Dream Matches and Jazz and Friends from Woman Warriors Wrestling, also known as WOW. <laughs> uh, as, as you guys probably know, uh, I know Daria and both Beth Page has both been um, on our show, and that's a good reason because Beth Page and one Daria Vengeance are actually on the roster of Woman Warriors Wrestling. They are two-thirds of the faction known as Love, Ladies of Vengeance Enterprises. Anyway, <laughs> this is some big stuff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of shows out there on YouTube that kind of copied what me and my son started out many a few years ago, and since then our show has climbed in new heights. Um, I wish JC was able to join us. I, spend, I send my deepest regards to JC. I miss her. But... Um, I think this 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 whole show is right up her alley, from what I understand. Uh, are you guys familiar with Jazz and Sons Dream Matches and Jazz and, Jazz and Friends Women Warriors Wrestling? Hello. Hello. Yeah, I am familiar with it. You are great. I'm glad somebody watched it. Yay! <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> you can't be the only one to watch it because I still get emails from people all the time who want to see epic matches. So basically, let me just give you a little brief thing. Jazz and Sons Dream Matches and also Jazz and Friends Woman Warriors Wrestling, they're the same type of um, premise and the same type of concept. Basically, what we do is we listen to you people, the fans, and people all over the world. And it's kind of one of those things for years. Everyone's always wondered what would happen if this person met this person in their prime. And, you know, this is something that before we always thought was kind of fantasy. We'd fantasize in our heads what would happen if, you know, Jenna Jameson fought Bridget the Midget and things of that nature. Well, in this world, in our show, we can get the answers to those questions. Because what we do is we take these characters, we take, you know, for example, Bridget the Midget and Jenna Jameson, the two hottest porn, star, porn stars in the world, and we put them in a ring. And what better to work, place to settle your differences and find your worth and find out who is tougher than who than in a dream warriors, a dream matches, or a woman warriors wrestling ring. So that being said, that is the backstory of how our show started. And the other thing that's cool about our show, rather than others, is what we do is we have no involvement of the match outcomes, nor do we have any say in um, any 
any kind of development of that. All we do is we put the matches together you fans want to see. So that being said, that brings me to the first major announcement that I have. And Jazz and Sons Dream Matches and Woman Warriors of Wrestling are coming together in one show. And we are doing our very first huge show of 2018. And this will take place in a, in actually the Quincy Public Library of all places. Uh, we're going to be showing our epic show called, in all exanus, it is called the Epic Random Palooza 1. Or sorry, Epic Random Wrestling Palooza 1. And this show is 14 of the greatest matches that people have been wanting to see, but also people are going to get. And um, we worked really hard on putting this on. We actually have some guests coming on the show that are going to be calling matches with us, which is pretty exciting. We, we've we had guests on our show, like I said, the lovely Daria and the awesome Bethy Page, who, by the way, is a former Dream Matches heart badass champion. And Daria herself is a former Dream ma- is a Dream as a Woman Warriors Women's Champion. Um, but anywho, that being said, uh, we got some exciting matches. So I just wanted to go over a card maybe a little bit and see what you guys think of some of these matches. And I know that usually when you guys do a pay-per-view caliber show, you guys like to do your, you know, your uh, predictions, which 80% of the time you guys are absolutely correct. Which, by the way, kudos to you guys on that. Thank you. So let me go through some of these matches, and I'd love to hear your opinions. Starting with the opening contest, we have a library brawl between Percy Jackson and Harry Potter. Now, again, the way this works, folks, is we take the people you always wanted to see, we take these actual characters, and we put them in a ring together. Uh, That's as simple as it It is exactly what I said it's going to be, Percy Jackson versus Harry Potter. Um, so that's the first match. Let me just go through the card real quick, and I'll get your opinions after, if you don't mind. This is 14 matches on the card. Uh, the second match on the card is a truffle shuffle match, which is a no-holds-barred match between Sloth, which anybody from the 80s knows Sloth from the Goonies, versus the Predator, also an 80s icon, coming back pretty soon in 2018, pretty soon, I believe. Authors, it's an author's write-off match, eight-man t- tag team warfare match between Team King, which is Stephen King, the team captain, with Pennywise the Clown, and um, and, and a few other characters on it. Pennywise the Clown, Jack Torrance, um, and Ch- Chandler Riggs, who, by the way, was in one of the Stephen King movies called uh, Mercy, fantastic movie, fantastic actor. They're going to come and help back up Stephen King versus Team Lee, which consists of Stan the Man Lee as their captain, and who else would back him up but Marvel people. So Captain America, the Juggernaut, and Wolverine. Three very, very interesting, four very interesting characters coming together to fight for for Stan Lee, representing him. And this is an eight-man elimination match, remember, folks. Uh, The fourth match on the card is one that's been talked about for a long time, one that I can't wait for personally, is a dream match for me particularly, is a Quincy death match between yours truly, the YouTube icon, Jazz Vengeance, 
versus the pop icon, Justin Bieber? We'll finally get an answer to that old question, and since he's been ducking me everywhere else, we're going to actually make it happen. So that's going to be very exciting, and if anybody knows anything about the real Justin Bieber, then I'm sure you will applaud, and you can't wait to see what happens when Jazz Vengeance gets his hands on Justin Bieber. The next contest is a Woman Warriors Universal is a women's universal championship match. A wow women's champ universal match. It's Michonne from The Walking Dead, the current women's the women, current wow champion, defending against Xena, the warrior princess. <clears throat> match six on the card. Battle of the Battle of the Crown. Battle to crown the King of Monsters. So we got King Kong versus Godzilla. This is a win-all, take-all. This has been done before, but if you guys know your history of this, of this epic fight, you know there was two endings of that battle. Well, we don't, that's not going to work for us. We need a clear-shot winner, and the only way to do that is put them in a ring to find out who is the King of Monsters, King Kong or Godzilla. We're going to have a Wizards Duel match between Professor Dumbledore. Dumbledore from Harry Potter taking on Gandalf the Great from Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Can't wait for that. Number eight on the card, and number one contenders for the for the Dream Matches Badass title between Daryl Dixon of The Walking Dead taking on Jax Teller of Sons of Anarchy, which it's going to be good too. We, number nine, we have an NBA jammed in a cage match between three of the greatest NBA players currently and in the past. We got some bad blood between the three of them, but Jordan, Michael Jordan, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James, of course, has to be thrown in that, so should be good. That's number nine. Number ten on the card, we have a, t- a Team Boston versus Team New York um, Team Warfare match, and if anybody knows anything about, you know, the history between Boston and New York, I know Jeremy is not necessarily from the area, but everyone's heard the rivalry between the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Giants and the Patriots. Well, unfortunately, we're having this take place in Quincy, Mass., but unbiased, we're going to put the two competitive teams together and find out who is the better and the tougher group. And representing Team Boston, you got Tom Brady as your captain. You got Mark Wahlberg, and you got the Tick, Boston's own uh, super, superhero, Massachusetts' own superhero, and um, John Cena is in West Newbury versus Team New York, which consists of t- uh, Lawrence Taylor being their captain, Babe Ruth, uh, Macaulay Culkin, and P. Diddy rapper, or singer, and whatever you want to call him. Uh, number 11, we have Poke High versus the Falcons, which is going to feature Al Bundy, and in his corner will be Alf, versus Bill Goldberg, with in his corner will be Optimus Prime. Two aliens backing up two football players, one high school, one NFL. We'll see who wins. And we have number 12. We have a new concept of a match. We're going to experiment at this show. It's the number one contenders for the Dream Matches Tag Team titles. This will take place in an execution cell match. Um, It's the Street Fighters, Ken and Ryu, going against Fire and Ice, which is Scorpion and Sub-Zero, 
going up against Super Smash Brothers, which is Mario and Luigi. Um, this is basically a uh, ele- elimination chamber match. Basically, uh, you have three teams, two members from uh, opposite sides will go at it, and so forth. And people will enter, and the last person to win will their teams will respectfully win that match. So it's going to be a new concept. We're going to try it out, see how it works out. Next is number 13. We only have one card match left. Number number 13 is the uh, Woman Warriors Wrestling Women's Tag Team Warfare Match featuring Love, which is, as I said, Daria and my daughter Summer Pain Vengeance, teaming with the other, the third member of Love, which is Beth Page, teaming with Elvira, Mistress of Dark, versus Team Rousey, which will feature their captain, Ronda Rousey, Harley Quinn, Hit Girl, and Wonder Woman. Should be pretty interesting. And the final match of the evening, the main event, if you would, would be the ultimate dream match in the true a- master of action to be decided in the 25-minute Iron Man match, the All-American Chuck Norris versus the Dragon Bruce Lee to get a definitive answer who is the master and who is the student or the uh, whatnot. And as always, cards subject to change. So after hearing our lineup, I'd be very interested to hear what the greatest podcast on the planet has to say about this. Well, come on. I think it sounds like Number one, you know that I'm not going to pick against my my, uh, co-hosts here (laughs) in their match. (laughs) Not going to do it. I wouldn't. They're all former champions, so (laughs) that's a pretty – I wouldn't go by the fact just because they're going up against the likes of Wonder Woman that that would do anything to them because – They've actually had victories over Wonder Woman individually, so I wouldn't let that be fooling. So I, I, I respect that. Um, what says you? Wait a minute, wait. What says you, JC? Hi, everybody. Sorry I'm late. Oh, welcome All right. to the show, JC. Surprise! Well, what did you think of what you heard? Um... Yeah, I like the cards. Man. I mean, I got to pick against my friend here. I can't do that. <laughs> you think Team Rousey is going to beat Team Love? No, she's saying she's not going to pick against her friend. Oh, that's great. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Epic. Very good. Well, we're number one. We're number one. <laughs> well, that will be proven at this show. We'll find out who is, in fact, number one. And I, I, I would actually put my money on love, too, if I had to guess. But, again, I want to remind the fans, the audience, and everyone else, in these matches, we have no say in the outcomes. We have no say in who wins, who loses. All we are responsible for doing is putting the matches together, and we put the, sh- the system to demo, and the system decides the winners as it acts out the show live in front of you. And that's actually what we show you is the show. And when we record these shows, we have our commentary. We're actually watching the shows live, and we're going to be doing that. And what's different about this uh, library show is it's, number 
one, our our epic random wrestling palooza number one, and it is a 14 match card. What we're going to be doing differently for this one is in the next several weeks we're going to be putting this show together by bringing in some of the greatest talent around in different various areas, doing call-ins and doing live interviews and stuff. We already have. I mean, I just got some pretty great people today. Um, we got some surprises coming up our sleeves. Some people who are going to be commenting these matches. I think they're very people who would you know venture in very well. Um, but um, what's going to be cool is that. We're bringing, we're going to take all these matches and we're going to bring them to the library to show it on DVD form, and we're going to show this in front of a live audience, which we have not shown publicly, a Jazz and Friends or a Jazz and Friends Women's Warrior Wrestling or Jazz and Sons Dream matches in front of a public audience. It's always been on YouTube, and well, it does pretty well considering people in Australia think they're pretty awesome. So. That being said, you know, that's pretty cool. JC, I'm well, interested to hear cool. your thoughts, because I know you're into this type of thing, are you not? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Now, um, are you familiar with other shows on YouTube that do something like what we're doing right now? Oh, they they go, um, yeah, um, it's... Yeah, it's one in particular that I sometimes watch where they, they actually um they actually have like a, a draft. Every time a new WWE game comes out they have a draft and then they literally um you know, have matches every week um for each each particular show, Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty good I'm familiar with the format yeah well what's cool is the fact that uh, YouTube actually has you know sent us emails and acknowledged us for being the people who pretty much started the ball rolling on that which is pretty it's kind of a big honor I guess huh? <laughs> to be known cool. as the ones who created the whole thing the idea which actually is accidental but um, yeah, I, but I, I know particularly I mean you're familiar with the creator wrestler character uh, for, for um the creator wrestler thing, correct? Yeah, you, you. I think you've probably seen some of the stuff I put up. Um, I put. Up I have, and it's very characters. impressive. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, have you been watching our show at all? Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to, but um, I am gonna try. But seeing the card that you put up, yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch that. Well, just so you know, these matches here that I just re- lasted today, these will be up on YouTube available as of after our public viewing. So you will see them after the fact, but we're going to have a DVD form of it, so not to worry. We'll send you little clips and stuff. That's not a worry either. But we will be getting the answer to this, and we'll also have on YouTube, we'll have the results show um, live. So that would be pretty awesome. And um, also, uh, Quincy Public Access has also agreed to record the event in its entirety so people in Quincy and their surrounding area will be able to see it on a local access television. Nice. So it's kind of a cool deal, too. <laughs> so mm. pretty epic. No pun Action. intended. So that's the first, like, major announcement, I guess you'd say, and we're pretty excited about it. And I'm also excited to get my hands on Justin Bieber. <laughs> I yeah, heard. That, that, that kid's getting his ass kicked. <laughs> 
Well, if anybody knows anything about me who's seen me in my prime, <laughs> they know that Justin Bieber's not in for a good time. Because <laughs> uh, he's been ducking me for many years, and now he's going to be in a ring with me. And this is not a regular match. This is Jazz Vengeance's specialty match for the last, well, what, 20 years I've been wrestling? For the last 20 years I've been doing this, and in real life, Jazz Vengeance has never lost a Quincy death match. And you know, just a fun little note. I, me and another another female wrestler who will be unnamed had t- had watched for shits and giggles to see what would happen between in a Quincy Death match not long ago. And I put myself against. I don't remember who it was against, but guess who won that too? That's right, I did. <laughs> so Justin Bieber's up for a fun time. And just so you know, a Quincy Deathmatch is, just to be clear, a Quincy Deathmatch is essentially a last man standing match, um, except for instead of a referee calling for, you know, the bell and stuff like that, you have a paramedic that that asks the guy, can you continue? If that person can't continue, the paramedic notices to the referee, and the referee declares a person who is not, you know, un- will, uh, unable to continue the winner. So that's how a Quincy Deathmatch works. They're not clean. They're not. They're not fit for the faint of heart, and probably be blood everywhere. But it'd be a great time. <laughs> what better place than the Quincy Public Library to show it all at? <laughs> well, I think it sounds like a lot of fun, and I'm glad you were able to come on the show to advertise it. So um, we'll definitely keep you um, keep you in mind. And I know as the date gets closer you're more than welcome to come back and advertise it. Oh, I will. I'll be back, I'm sure. Maybe we'll have some more announcements for some other things going on in the world of Jazz Vengeance Enterprises as well. But until then, you folks have a great night. I appreciate you all listening. And, again, if you guys have any suggestions, you or the fans or anybody else, are there any matches you guys want to see, you can feel free to email us at... um, uh, Icon Jazz That's I-I-C-O-N J-A-Z-Z V-T-V And that's At gmail.com So feel free to email Shoot us an email Let us know what you think If there's matches you guys want to see Or you guys want to see You know some some matches You don't want to see some matches uh, Let us know And we'll make them happen Or we won't make them happen One or the other We thank you guys. We thank the Square Circle Cafe. We love you guys. You guys have a great night. Keep up doing your thing. JC, glad to hear your voice. Jeremy, glad you're doing well. I'm sorry it's hot down there. And I will talk to you later. Peace out. Later. Later. Well, sounds like a lot of fun. So keep that in mind. I know he'll definitely shoot me any information. And when I get that, I'll share it with you all soon enough. Oh, JC, how you been? Oh, they're all right. I really, really apologize. I actually oh, had my phone it. in the other room charging, and I just kind of, like, forgot about it. And then I looked on Twitter, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Go ahead and drop the F-bomb. We've already dropped multiple. Yeah. I was just kidding. I was like, oh. Yeah, no. I was like, that's no problem. Anyway. So I know I missed a big chunk. We only got a few minutes here. So what stuff did we cover? Um, what stuff well, did we cover? Just a brief overview. 
Well, for one thing, we definitely pay tribute to Matt Capitelli. And um, thank you. Well, why don't we were able to talk about? It, but why don't you give a little something about it? Since I know he really meant a lot to you. Well, I mean, you know, going over what we already know, you know, he was um he was in Tough Enough Three. He was one of the winners along with um, John Hennigan, who became John Morrison, who is now Johnny Mundo. Um, and you know, he had one of the uh, to me personally. He had one of the best storylines to never be on WWE TV, and it was his um, and it was his feud with Johnny Jeter for the OVW uh, Heavyweight Championship, and like that whole storyline was just awesome. I mean, considering this dude did it, most of it or a good chunk of that storyline was a broken leg. So, um, yeah, and you know, outside of wrestling. Guy was just golden, okay, as far as, you know, just how he was with everyone. I don't think there's one person that could say that anything bad about him. And because, you know, he was also, even after he was diagnosed with cancer and after he got it, uh, after um, the operation to get rid of most of it the first time around, he stayed within the wrestling industry and went back to OVW and became a, a trainer. Um, so, yeah, I, it was just heartbreaking. This dude was in remission for a while, for like almost 10 years, and then it came back. You know, that just hurts. And he was like 38 years old. He was, you know, a young dude. So, yeah, it just hurts. Yeah, I do agree about that. All the tributes I've seen, and not one person has had one bad thing to say about him. So, God rest his soul. We know he's up there in wrestler's heaven and doing his thing. So, at least he'll be a superstar up there, just like he was a superstar down here. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I know that, especially, like I said, especially for you, that hurt, and we just wanted to let you know that we were there for you. So. Thanks. So when you go back and listen to the show, you'll hear our little tribute to you, you as well because we knew how much it hurt you. So, but um, on to other news. Actually, Daisy, I think you have a um, bit of news about who's been added to the 2K roster, 2K19 roster. Oh, yeah. In addition to AJ Styles being the cover boy for WWE 2K19, Rey Mysterio is your pre-order download, I mean, is your, you know, pre-order download, um, I guess, reserve. If you pre-order the WWE 2K19, you get Rey Mysterio, which also comes, we come to find out that Rey has signed a two-year deal with the WWE. So, there you go. <laughs> well, well, I know Ray you're happy. Back. Yeah, I already pre-ordered. <laughs> well, I know you, but when is the release date for 2K19? October 2nd. So, on October 9th, no, wait, not 9th, because you'll be in town for another reason. 
but um, probably mid-October we'll be expecting your review of the game. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I ordered the deluxe version. I get it four days early. Ah. All right, so we'll definitely get, then we'll probably, well, you'll be in the New England area anyway, so we'll definitely get your opinion then as to how this game's going to work for you. I know you're definitely excited about that. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. I got to figure out what to do with the uh, old man over here. So, yeah. <laughs> What's Hardy doing now? Sitting in the middle of the kitchen like normal. <laughs> so. All right. Real quick, like, because the reason why I real quick, like, is because really the storyline, I don't know what they're doing with it. But um, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Went to therapy on Monday, and guess who was the therapist that was there to help him out? Dr. Shelby. <laughs> yep. Dr. Shelby made his return, and um, all i got to say is, are they trying to make Sasha and Bailey the next team? Hell no. Because, honestly, what was the whole point of this week's session? Anybody? No, I don't even understand why they had to go to a therapy in the first place. I don't think place. it's going to work, personally. It's not, because you're, re- I mean, you're literally rehashing something that's already happened that's really fresh in a lot of people's minds, and it's going to rub them the wrong way. <laughs> and it's not only fresh in people's minds, they brought the original team back together on the other fucking show. Exactly. Well, yeah, this is like, so strange. Bailey and Sasha Banks are the feud that can be, but yet we're stuck with them going to therapy. And chances are we're probably going to have another therapy session this week with Dr. Shelby because apparently WWE has put in a trademark for the Dr. Shelby name. So we're going to be seeing more of this guy. Um, but we've only gotten, let's see, what, two parts of his seven-step program? So does this mean that every week we're going to be going through each part of his program? Like, I think oh, it was yeah. like, yeah, it was like respect, love, um, honesty, blah, blah, blah. I can't even remember. Then he had them role play each other. Bailey was Sasha and Sasha was Bailey. And it was like, what the hell are we doing here? I mean, what is this? I have no idea what the fuck this shit is. This should just have the feud. For real. Just have Sasha and Bailey duke it out. I mean, that's that's what we've been waiting on. Just do that and let it go. I mean, shoot. Have them trade blows, trade wins. Huh? You know what? what? It just occurred to me. Maybe they're not trying to create the next team, hell no. Maybe they're trying to have Dr. Shelby fail. Mm. I mean, well, Dr. Shelby I mean, has medical had some science tough ain't fallible or ain't, uh, ain't perfect. 
Well, it's true, but they kind of, but like you said earlier, they're trying to do this, you know, try, he was able to bring Team Hell No together. They probably think you could do the same thing with Sasha and Bailey, but that's a lot to ask for. And let's face it, Shelby did have his hands full with Daniel Bryan and Kane. So, oh, you aren't kidding. I mean, who can forget, you know, anger management classes, individual therapy, going out to lunch, um, you know, and then finally graduation. So it's like, just, you know, so, but I don't get, like, like I said, what they're going to do with Sasha and Bailey. And I'm telling you, if they put another therapy session on Monday night, you know what? There's no better therapy than just beating each other up. Just go ahead, fight club it out, beat each other up, you know, just <laughs> just let them have at it. Because it's like, I don't see the point of it. Don't get me wrong, I love Dr. Shelby character. I love the Dr. Shelby character. I think he's adorable. I think he's a lot of fun. Just don't say Dr. Phil around him, you know, because <laughs> we all know that's his, that's his trigger. But it's triggered. Yeah. But this whole thing between Sasha and Bailey is a massive head-scratcher, and I have no idea why they're going with it. It's just too weird. Right. It feels forced. Especially since she was censored last week. (laughs) But we still read lips, though. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she just looked at it, and she's like, you ain't shit! And you know it was like, whoa, serious business if you got her dropping the shit bomb. <laughs> and did and she got censored a couple weeks or the week before that too. No, she did. Yeah, in the middle of the beatdown. When she was beating down Sasha outside the ring. Oh yes, was- because there was a couple minutes of silence there, so that was their delay. <laughs> Oh, Lord, what's going on? All right, well, I don't know what's going on. I don't know, but we are up against it. Yep. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we've got about 90 seconds left here, so I want to say thank you for coming out of the show. Daisy, better late than never. Jeremy, always pleasure having you on. We'll we'll definitely have another show. issues and all. We'll definitely Mm -hmm. have another show next weekend because next weekend is... Extreme Rules. I'm off Thursday and Saturday. So we'll have to do our show sometime next weekend. In the meantime, I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you once again for being on the show. And I'll talk to you guys later. Peace Peace out. out. Follow them on Twitter at JeremyMoses26, at JeremyMoses85, at PartyCat1027, at Bessie Page. Follow me at that Daria Chick. Go to squarecirclecafe.net for all your social media needs. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Tumblr. Buy a t-shirt to support the show. Buy a tank top to support the show. ProWrestlingTees.com slash squarecirclecafe. Squarecirclecafe. For wrestling fans, by wrestling fans. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.